Hello there, I'm Justin. It is May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day, and although this year's Star Wars Day, of course, is during a time that isn't the most exciting and, you know, is pretty harrowing and scary and, and sad, um, it is still always a day that I look forward to each year. And so, happy Star Wars Day, everybody. May the 4th be with you. Um, I remember last year at this time getting excited about the new Rise of Skywalker trailer, and uh, you know there's always something cool and exciting happening on May the Fourth. This year, of course, we see not nothing too too exciting, but the release of Rise of Skywalker on the Disney Plus service is at least something. And so, uh, for the past couple of episodes, I've been plotting out my top uh, Star Wars movies based on the different trilogy eras, and we're going to finish that off today with my top picks from the sequel trilogy. So thanks so much for tuning into the pickup line today. Let's get into it. Okay, Polly, you ready to play a little bit of music? No. Ballet, this is the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining. Thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. A Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask, did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah! Star Wars! Those near it, Star Wars! My seventh winner up here, Star Wars! So it's so interesting thinking about Star Wars and the way that these, you know, the, the sequels came out, the prequel trilogy came out in the 90s, um, and then there was a lot of, you know, there was just kind of this big, long downtime of Star Wars. There wasn't a lot of Star Wars content. Uh, George Lucas still owned the rights. Um, and then all of a sudden there was this big announcement that there was a deal in the works between, uh, of, of all companies, Disney, uh, about to buy the rights to Star Wars from George Lucas for an exorbitant amount of money. Um, and this news was met with with trepidation and and some excitement. I was excited for it. I, I, I was I was optimistic that a company with the resources, the kind of resources that so that um, that uh, Disney had, would be able to do something special with Star Wars. Um, and the announcement of Kathleen Kennedy and sort of all of the, as the as the sort of front runner and all the sort of lead up and build up and discussion of Star Wars. It was a big deal. Um, and aside from all the politics and logistics of it all, just the fact that new Star Wars content was coming was really exciting for me um, and for a lot of people. I will never forget the first time they dropped the trailer for Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. It may have been during the Super Bowl one, one Super Bowl, I forget, or it might have been Monday Night Football or something like that, but this trailer was amazing. Um, I've always been a J.J. Abrams fan. You know, I loved Lost. I like his films. I like Mission Impossible 3, um, Alias. I've always been a big fan of J.J. Abrams, and I, I like his mentality. I like his approach. I like his sort of philosophy of filmmaking. So when they announced that J.J. Abrams would be directing and, and rebooting Star Wars, you know, I was excited. He did a great job with Star Trek um, and, and other films um, for the most part. But when this trailer dropped, it blew me away. It absolutely 
blew me away. Uh, the way that this trailer for The Force Awakens was able to, to rekindle the magic of Star Wars was an impressive thing. It had the mystery. It had the music. It had the visuals. I'll never forget watching that scene of Rey from a distance speeding across the desert on the horizon and the giant crashed Star Destroyer in the background and just thinking, this is amazing. Like, I cannot wait to return and see what has become of this world after the events of Return of the Jedi. Um, new characters, new mysteries, but still kind of connecting the newness to the nostalgia and to the old characters and continuing that story. Um, this first trailer for Force Awakens was amazing, and that's why I've chosen Force Awakens as my top pick for the for the uh, for the prequel for the sequel trilogy for sure. This is my favorite film of the sequel trilogy by a long shot. Um, I went to see this movie four or five times in the theaters when it first came out. Um, I was absolutely stunned by it, blown away by how funny it was, by how Star Warsy it was. Um, the new characters, the writing, the pacing of the film, the action, the, uh, the, the, the mysteries of the plot, all of it just worked for me so well. And I know a lot of people criticize this movie because it was very derivative of A New Hope and it kind of followed the exact same structure, kind of beat for beat of A New Hope. But I've often, I've, I've always kind of held the argument that there was, there just was no other way to do that. Um, if you're going to reboot Star Wars and kind of bring it back in for a new era, you, you had to do it that way. You had to rely on the past to bring the audience back to it. If you had come out and made a movie like Last Jedi or a, a really starkly different Star Wars film for Force Awakens, I just think that the audience would not have been that into it. It would have been too different, and they would have been like, where's my, where's my Star Wars, right? So I think you, had, you kind of had to do it this way, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, so I, I think that the sort of that piece of it was really important, was sort of bringing this film back um, in that way was kind of a key, a key thing to do. Um, and this movie just, you know, bringing in the mystery of Rey and her parents, bringing in all of these mysteries of who Kylo Ren was and where he came from and what his story was all about and why he's so evil and what his, you know, all these questions, right? J.J. Abrams loves the mystery box. And, and this movie was full of those things, but it also had those familiar beats that, that I loved. You know, like the Rebel Alliance, the, 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 the underdog crew of the Rebel Alliance or the... The, re the resistance as they rebranded themselves, fighting against the First Order, the the infiltration of the snow base, um, the, all the Han Solo stuff. The, the, my favorite, I think my favorite movie moment in this film is when they find the Millennium Falcon and Ray's like, oh, that piece of junk will never fly. And then like the reveal that it's the Millennium Falcon has just been sitting there waiting for her to get in there. And that whole sequence is just uh, amazing. Um, so this, I love this movie. It's fun. It's exciting. It's magical. It has this. It, it, it's Star Wars. Like it is just Star Wars to a T. It has. It, it, it's. It, it really. They really spent the time to rekindle the Star Wars magic for me, and that's what makes this movie special uh, for me. So my number one pick here: Force Awakens of the sequel trilogy for sure. Flooding tunnels over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. 
That's not how the force works. Next up is perhaps the most interesting and most debated and discussed film of all nine Star Wars movies, Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi. Uh, so much has been said about this movie. You either love it or you hate it. You either feel like it's the most brilliant Star Wars film of all nine, nine movies or it's the one that destroyed everything you love about the franchise. Um, you either think this movie made some of the most bold and interesting choices that any Star Wars film has ever made or you think it made some of the dumbest moves ever and is a, is a complete mockery of everything that is Star Wars. I, for me personally, uh, this one ranks number two for sure. It's very close to Force Awakens, um, but it took me a long time to come to that realization. Like this movie is, uh, I've really been on the fence about this film for a long, long time. And I'm really, uh, I go back and forth about it all the time. On the one hand, I love that this movie took some risks. It changed up the whole Star Wars formula in a major way, um, perhaps to a fault. I like the idea of undermining expectations. You know, fans of Star Wars go in thinking this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Um, and I like that this movie undermined those expectations all the time. I think it took that a little too far. I think there was a little bit too much of that. It, it, it literally undermined everything at every turn, at every chance that it could. So I felt like that was a little bit, a little bit forced and too much of that. <laughs> Get it? Forced. Um, but... Uh, overall, I think this movie is, is very smart and, and, and interesting, and, and especially when you stack it up against the, force of, uh, the rise of Skywalker, it feels like it, it feels a little elevated in a way. Um, of course, there are some moments that are bad, like the whole Canto Bite thing. I couldn't stand that whole scene. Um, the, the smuggler guy who like helps him escape, I didn't like that character very much. Um, and of course, the much maligned and discussed story of Luke Skywalker and the way that he kind of takes a backseat in this movie. Um, which, you know, I will defend that because Luke has never been that kind of person. I think he was, in Return of the Jedi, when we see Luke Skywalker as the, as the big hero Jedi guy, I think that was, uh, that was a challenge for him. And I think he's always been the type to kind of retreat um, in the same way that Yoda retreats, in the same way that a lot of the Jedi choose exile and meditation and... Uh, self-reflection as opposed to fighting, as opposed to combat. Um, I think Luke is very much behaving as a Jedi would behave. And, um, you know, just like the way that Yoda exiles himself to Dagobah in the original trilogy, Luke exiles himself to, uh, you know, uh, Ankto um, in this movie, you know, sort of the way that the Jedi do that. Um, so, you know, I, I struggle a little bit with his character. I would have liked to have seen him be a little more heroic, but I think he certainly makes up for it with his heroic uh, arc at the end and the things that he chooses to do to, to save the Rebel Alliance and to keep the, the fight going. Um, beautiful performances in this film, too, by Luke, by Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Um, of course, uh, but, um, Adam Driver really is, like, probably the, the coolest character of the whole thing, and he's just great as Kylo Ren, and um, in this movie, he was a little bit less, I think he, I think his best stuff is in Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker, but um, in this movie, you know, he's fine, and the whole Emperor Snoke thing, Supreme Leader Snoke was kind of okay, you know, he kind of gets, again, undermining all these expectations, right, J.J. Abrams in Force Awakens set up the whole Snoke villain, and then Snoke is instantly dispatched in this one, um, which is followed by a really cool fight scene, which I, I like. The, the, the battle at the end is, is kind of cool, um, but again, there's some weird plot holes and interesting things, but overall, 
I think this is an interesting movie. Um, I think it does a lot of interesting things. I think it tried a lot of things that, that had not been tried before in Star Wars. And so I really have to give it credit for that. There's a lot of beauty in this film. I think Ryan Johnson is a good filmmaker. I think he has a very good visual aesthetic. And you can see that play out in this movie, especially, you know, with the scenes on Octo and with Luke and the, the when he kind of looks up at the suns and the, the scene with the on, uh, what's it called, uh, the salt planet crate when they're kind of fighting there at the end. So some really good stuff in this movie for sure. Um, but it, it, it did not, uh, it did not surpass uh, force awakens for me, but it's still a really, I think it's a solid movie. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of my, I love the scene with Yoda in this too. Bringing back Yoda was really great. Um, and I love what he says about failure in this movie. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff in this film and I really like this one. The more I watch it, the more I like it. Um, and you should check this one out for sure. So last Jedi number two. Skywalker, still looking to the horizon. You're here. Mm. The need in front of your nose. Mm. I was weak, unwise. Lost Ben Solo, you did. Lose Ray, we must not. I can't be what she needs me to be. He did my work, not did you. Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. And so my least favorite, and, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I've only seen it a couple of times. I think the expectations were just a little bit too high. Um, but The Rise of Skywalker, while it's a fun and exciting film, it just fell short for me in a lot of ways. I think there was a lot of production issues on this movie. I think there was uh, too little kind of direction in terms of where the, the, the trilogy was headed. I think that was the problem going in from the very beginning. They only had a plan for the first movie. They never really had an entire trilogy penned out the way that George Lucas kind of had that in the back of his mind for the original movies. Um, and so we sort of see that problem crop up in a major way here. And I, I think the decision to change directors throughout, I think the decision to go back to J.J. Abrams was probably not great. Um, and so this movie feels very kind of stitched together in a way, piecemealed. Um, there's some great moments, um, but there was just too much of the, there's just too much a sense of fans are not happy with Last Jedi, so let's go in and try to fix some of the things that people didn't like that Ryan Johnson did in, in this movie. And, you know, I, there's some really cool action scenes. There's some good emotional moments. The development, again, I think Kylo Ren steals the show here and becomes sort of the central character who, who I, I am the most interested in. I, I think Ray's story kind of plays out. It kind of peters a bit. Um, I was really annoyed by the whole dark side Ray thing and the way they played that up a little bit during the hype and the marketing for this movie. And then it really didn't play out at all and didn't just, it was just like a, a silly little throwback to Luke's trial in the cave. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of issues with this movie. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Was it an overall fun film? Did I get all the feels the first time I saw it? Yes, yes, yes. Are there all these problems with it that if you look a little bit under the surface, you start to see? Yes. Like the whole thing with the Emperor's army and Palpatine and him coming back and he's a clone, all this nonsense. Like that all didn't work for me. The whole end scene didn't work for me. 
the whole idea that like the emperor for like 30 years has been plotting this grand return and literally the entire the crux of all of it depends on one tiny antenna array on the surface of this planet. Like, come on, you guys can't think of something better than that. Like, I can't stand stuff like that. Like, it just makes no sense. Where did these troopers come from? Where did the people who are on these Star Destroyers come from? Where did their uniforms come from? Like, I know you're supposed to sort of suspend your disbelief a little bit, but like, that kind of stuff just bugs me. Like, uh, like I don't know. It just... The world that George Lucas created in the original films felt so much more believable um, because there was less info I guess like there was this army there was a, a regime that existed and you know it wasn't some magical force science Sith science regime that just cropped up out of the earth you know it was like an, it was an established it had been there for years there was the whole prequels and the backstory that we got to see later so like this film just felt really forced and rushed and too fast but still it's Star Wars you know I can't complain about Star Wars I'm a Star Wars fan so if it's Star Wars I'm gonna love it uh, and I loved this movie. I thought the end was beautiful. Um, I really liked the sort of the way that Ray's story wrapped up. Uh, Poe and Finn didn't get a lot of, you know, I would have loved to have seen more from Poe and Finn for sure. That would have been nice. But, you know, overall, it's a good movie, but it's definitely my least favorite of the sequels. Um, and I'm excited to see where Star Wars goes from here. Uh, I loved The Mandalorian this year. That was a great show. If you're into that, go on Disney Plus, check that out. Um, a lot of cool Star Wars content being developed, a lot of rumors and speculation. We just don't know where things go from here, but I'm excited for the future. Now that we're finished with the Skywalker saga, uh, it kind of opens up the door to all sorts of other things. So where do you stand on the sequels? Um, did you enjoy them? Which one was your favorite? Uh, and happy Star Wars Day. Uh, let me know. Call into the podcast. Let me know your thoughts and ideas about Star Wars. What are you excited for? Um, and what are your favorite Star Wars films? Thank you so much for tuning in to this special three-episode run of the, of the Pickup Line. And until next time, everybody, may the 4th be with you. My friends... I'm sorry. I thought we had a shot. There's just too many of them. But there are more of us, Poe. There are more of us. So I thought it would be fun to wrap things up here as well to just turn over to Screen Rant one more time for an article here. Uh, Ten hidden things from the prequels you didn't notice in the sequel trilogy. Um, so I thought this would be an interesting thing to read. This is by uh, Rory Smith from March 29th, 2020. So this is pretty brand new. Um, the original Star Wars trilogy has inspired many other installments and spinoffs over the years. Most recently, the sequel trilogy was released, and it built heavily off of the original trilogy, particularly in bringing back the old characters. But the Skywalker saga includes the prequel trilogy as well, and the series isn't complete without those films and their stories. Um, 
So number 10, balance. In the opening scene of The Force Awakens, Lor San Tekka tells Poe Dameron that without the Jedi there can be no form of balance. Balance was first brought up in the prequels and was explored quite a bit in all three movies. Anakin Skywalker is believed to be the chosen one who will bring balance to the Force. Balance is mentioned again in the sequel trilogy in a very key scene. We'll get to that scene in a bit. Number nine, clone army. After Finn helps Poe escape, Kylo Ren questions the capability of the stormtroopers, much to the chagrin of General Hux. Kylo Ren responds, they're obviously skilled at committing high treason. Perhaps Leader Snoke could consider using a clone army. This refers to the Grand Army of the Republic in the prequels, which was comprised of clone troopers. Cloned from Jango Fett, the troopers were raised and trained to follow the Republic. Of course, they had hidden ships in their heads, which allowed Palpatine to issue Order 66 and have the clones wipe out the Jedi. So they were the first troopers of the Empire. The Empire stormtroopers were all recruits, and the First Order's troopers were taken as children and trained. But Kylo Ren wonders if the oldest method was perhaps the best, and even he, and even if he's merely trying to upset Hux in saying so. Uh, number eight, Obi-Wan's voice. When Rey touches the lightsaber in Maz Katana's castle, uh, Kanata's castle, she has multiple visions of the past and the future. At the end of the vision, she hears Obi-Wan's voice say, Rey, these are your first steps. The word Rey is edited, is an edited archive audio of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan. The rest is Ewan McGregor. So they actually cut up uh, when Alec Guinness said the word betrayed. Uh, they took that, that little sound of him saying Rey in there and used that in the movie. Uh, the Jedi Temple. On the Millennium Falcon, Han Solo tells Rey and Finn that Luke Skywalker went looking for the first Jedi Temple. Jedi Temples were first mentioned in the prequels, with the one on Coruscant featuring heavily throughout the trilogy. The TV shows, novels, and comics have shown multiple other Jedi Temples, but this is a clear case of the movies alluding to the existence of other temples. The Sith. While Sith appeared in the original trilogy, they weren't named as such until the prequels, but the sequels name drop them quite a bit. Maz Kanata mentions them as a form of evil she's seen over the years, and then Kylo Ren mentions them to Rey aboard Snoke's ship. The Rise of Skywalker uses the term most often. Palpatine describes himself as being all of the Sith, and the artifact the group is after in the movie is the Sith Wayfinder. <laughs> the laser sword. When Rey is on Octo and tries to convince Luke to come back in The Last Jedi, he responds by saying, You think what? I'm going to walk out with a laser sword and face down the whole First Order? Of course, later in the movie, this is exactly what he does. Besides George Lucas often calling lightsabers laser swords, Anakin specifically calls it that after he sees Qui-Gon's lightsaber on his belt. This is the first time since The Phantom Menace that a movie uses that term. The Rise of Darth Sidious. Palpatine has had many names throughout the saga. Senator, Chancellor, and Emperor are among them, but his Sith name was Darth Sidious, Darth, Darth Sidious, which is only mentioned in the prequels, that is, until The Last Jedi. Luke tells Rey about the failures of the Jedi, saying at the height of their power, they allowed Darth Sidious to rise, create the Empire, and wipe them out. Talking about him in this context, Sidious does seem the most accurate name for Luke to use, and it is specifically a name that comes from the prequels. Mustafar. At the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker, we see Kylo Ren looking for a Sith Wayfinder on Mustafar. This Wayfinder was located in the ruins of Darth Vader's castle. Mustafar featured in Revenge of the Sith as the dueling grounds for Obi-Wan and Anakin, with Anakin suffering the injuries that caused him to need the suit to survive. This is not the first time we saw Mustafar in the movie since Revenge of the Sith, as Orson Krennic visits Vader in his castle in Rogue One. They should have developed that idea more. There should, they should have been a, a more identifying factor, in my opinion, uh, that that was Mustafar, and that we were seeing the ruins of Darth Vader's castle. That would have been a much better thing to do at the beginning of that movie. 
Pathway to Many Abilities. When we see Palpatine at the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker, it's the first time chronologically since he was tossed down a shaft by Vader. But it isn't that moment, but it isn't that moment he references first. Instead, Palpatine says a word-for-word quote from Revenge of the Sith. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Palpatine originally used these words to continue to turn Anakin. When he used them again, they were said to Anakin's grandson, Ben Solo. And the last thing here, the voices of the Jedi. When Rey hears the voices of past Jedi, it's truly an all-star collection of them. She first hears Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan saying, these are your final steps. Playing off the line, he hears her, he says to her in Maz Kanata's castle. Hayden Christensen's Anakin says, bring back the balance, Rey, as I did. Anakin's line does more than mention balance again. It confirms he was the chosen one who brought balance to the Force. Also featured from the prequels are Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu and Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. Other prequel Jedi who appear are Luminara Unduli, Ayla Sakura, and Adi Gallia. With the Clone Wars voice actors Olivia Adobo, Jennifer Hale, and Angelique Perrin voicing the actors again, respectively. So, some little cool pieces of information there connecting the sequels to the prequels. All in all, Star Wars is awesome. Happy May the 4th. Enjoy your Star Wars. Go watch some Star Wars movies today. Um, And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Pickup Line. I'll see you next time. May the force be with you. Always. (laughs) Always.